0: Welcome once again to this videocast on the Creator and the Created. We saw last time that nothing escapes God's providence, or rather, everything falls under this eternal and wise order of the universe, in the mind and in the will of God. Providence is, and always will be, a delicate and difficult topic. More questions will always be asked than they can be answered. However, the theme of predestination is even more problematic. Principally because it deals with our eternal happiness. It has, and always will be, a very hotly debated topic. Pelagians, Calvinists, Modernists are just Extreme examples, sure, they hold a certain truth. Well, evidently, you know, in other aspects, whether it be the importance of man's free actions, or that there is a fixed number of the chosen, or even that God certainly superabounds in his mercy. In question 23 of the first part of the Summa Theologiae, St. Thomas says that predestination is part of God's providence, but deals specifically with the eternal end of the intellectual creature, that is, men and angels. It is an end that exceeds their respective natures, and thus they lack in themselves the means to arrive at this eternal end. No one has the right or the capacity to be in the presence of God for all eternity. In front of God, we don't have, strictly speaking, any rights, only those that He may give us through His goodness, justice, and mercy, through His eternal wisdom. Absolutely speaking, we deserve nothing from God. He has no debts. There is nothing in our nature that marks us specifically as chosen to eternal bliss, to eternal predestination. Predestination, like providence, is found in God and not in creatures. There is a difference between the order of providence, as we have speak, spoken of before in the last videocast, and of predestination found in in the mind of God and its execution or its government, where even secondary causes can and will intervene. The freedom of the angelic or rational creature enters into the execution of God's providence and predestination. It is not that God, through necessity, makes us choose good or evil, in his predestination, or in his working out of predestination, because we are truly free. And this freedom has real consequences. God allows defects in the universe that are still subject to his providence, as we have already talked about before. Defects in things, defects in our willing. God can allow for this. God does allow for this. But it is also a way to make room for God's goodness to be shown in a different way, in another manner. God, in ordering men towards eternal life, allows that some will not arrive at this end. Predestination is that part of God's providence in respect of those that have been divinely ordered to eternal life, while reprobation is that part of God's providence in respect of those that fall short of this end. God allows us the freedom that in our choices we may fall out of grace and through our fault be damned. God is faithful to the gifts he gives and imposes no necessity when he has given freedom. God loves all his creatures, but it is true that he loves some more and not because of anything inherent in them. When we love uh, someone, or when we love something, it is because we find a certain goodness in that which we love. With God, it's the other way around completely. God grants a participation of His goodness to the creature He creates. God creates things lovable, full of His love, For him, things are not lovable on account of something they already possess. Non-being has no goodness. But rather, he infuses or participates what he loves in himself. God loves and predestines a creature for eternity, a creature that he knows will be faithful to his curse. That's certainly true. Yet this faithfulness is not a cause, but an effect of being predestined for predestination is only found in God. Even those who will not be faithful, one could say, because they are not predestined, God creates, and creating them, he shows his goodness. Yet the fault is in the creature, that by choosing sin, he has abandoned God. Even if the cause of damnation is in the freedom that abandons God, for divine justice must be satisfied, Grace does not take away from freedom of those predestined, even if through predestination they are certainly saved. We have to look at predestination from the perspective of God's eternity, of God's love, from the perspective of God's wisdom, which we as temporal and limited creatures have and will always have great difficulty in understanding. In the end, we can barely scratch at the surface. It is difficult to understand that intellectual creatures are truly free, but at the same time God chooses whom He wants to attain the supernatural end of eternal life with Him. The ancient Greek concept of faith is not applicable, because man and angels are truly free and freedom enters into the government of God's providence and has true consequences. God shows his mercy and his justice in predestination by choosing some for eternal life and by punishing others who truly and freely reject God. We must remember that in front of God we have no rights and he has no debts to pay. We are all predestined or not and yet we are all ignorant of our end. Only God knows the precise number of the elect and of the reprobate like he knows the exact number of the grains of sand. We cannot change this reality by our actions. It has been fixed from all eternity. The mind of God is unchangeable and eternal. According to to St. Matthew's Gospel at the Last Supper. It is clear our Lord came to save the many. But we do not know how many is that. The many does not even mean a majority. It could. Saving 7 million out of 10 million is many. But so is saving 3 million out of 10 million. So we do not know how many, or in particular, who... Is it to be what person in particular is to be saved? We are bound to pray. We are bound to sacrifice. We are bound to do penance and good works. These are in themselves incapable of salvation without already being predestined. But these are true secondary causes that are effective in God's working plan of predestination. The elect certainly cannot do without them. In the end, we do not know if we are part of the elect, but in praying and in doing good works, we have a certain sign that in acting as such, we accept and desire our eternal end. God chooses many for eternal life by his absolute power, in creating, and in designating certain creatures to participate in His eternal wisdom and goodness, and in the next videocast, we will see in what this power of God consists in. Thank you again for watching. Hmm.